Hey everyone, I just want to let you know that the episodes up until now, meaning 1, 2A, 2B, and 3, have all been completely remastered, starting from the admittedly less than ideal raw audio, but um, they are still much better than they were previously. This episode and the next few, I have done my best to get the sound more level than it was previously without starting from the raw data, and at some point you will notice that the sound equalization becomes less quality than it is in the first at least several episodes. That's why we didn't suddenly get worse at making podcasts. I have just gone back and made it sound like we were better at making podcasts in the beginning. So I just wanted to let you all know what's going on. And uh, that's that. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> I shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello, and welcome to the Gaily Prophet podcast where two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am your co-host and America's favorite Griffin Dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Jesse Blount, Griffin Dyke Extraordinaire. And uh, we're going to be talking about chapters seven and eight, <laughs> The Sorting Hat and The Potions Master. So... As a brief recap, The Sorting Hat, in which we meet Minerva McGonagall, find out ghosts are real, hats can talk, and Harry is, after a while, sorted into Gryffindor House. And then in the Potions Master, Harry gets lost in the labyrinth that is Hogwarts, has a bunch of classes, we meet a variety of teachers, and he has his first interaction with Snape, who really should not be teaching children. Oh, yeah. And then there's, you know, Harry finds out <laughs> that someone broke into Gringotts the same day and he and Hagrid were there. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Perfect. So we enter our newspaper with today's headlines. Prestigious school continues outdated tradition of sorting despite evidence that it promotes lifelong bigotry. <laughs> <laughs> and this one has a subheading. Uh, so, you know, like the part in bold under the title. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hogwarts headmaster ignores hundreds of substantiated accusations of abuse against Severus Snape. <laughs> Muggleborn students repeatedly mention something called a lawyer, a term the Daily Prophet was unable to discern the meaning of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no suing in the <laughs> witching world. Which... I mean, really, the legal, pro anyone's legal protections, there's like, there aren't oh, any, there are no none. legal protections. It's so um, upsetting. And, and when we get into politics, I'm gonna, I have a little bit to talk about. Just before we, before we turn to the front page, I know that this podcast, listeners, has been a little bit, uh, taking its time getting worked out. From here on out, we are going to do, a format where 
we record everything for a chapter all at once, but then in production, I will take some of it and turn it into a mini episode. So you will probably notice when you listen to this one that there is less on during the front page and probably subsequent sections that you hear today rest assured before you email us that you will most likely hear the things that you're looking for in next week's mini episode. So tune in. It's going to be great. Which is is what I I think I say about everything that it's going to be great. And then it is going to be great. So I mean, based on the feedback we've gotten so far, we're great. So (laughs) I mean, I already know that. So such confidence. I just found out that I'm an Enneagram type four. So confidence is not something that I'm familiar with. Wait, uh, what, what, what? The Enneagram personality test. It's like the new better than Myers-Briggs one or whatever. Type four, basically, as far as I can tell, type four is like, you've suffered a lot of trauma in your life. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with someone's innate personality. It's just a description of someone whose life has been really fucked up uh, and or someone who has severe mental illness, which both. Cool. Uh, It also just sounds exactly the same as a description of someone who is a Scorpio rising, (laughs) which I am. Um, You're going to send me that test so I can take it and then we can talk about it. Okay, for sure. Turning to the front page, chapter one, front page, chapter one. You want to start, Jesse? Yeah. Um, my first point is that we meet everyone's favorite stern bisexual, Minerva McGonagall, <laughs> in the first chapter, in the first page of this chapter. And she is not described as old. And we, we mentioned this in our viewing of the very terrible first movie. Of Harry Potter. The first of uh, eight very terrible Harry Potter movies. And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love me some Maggie Smith, but they really could have hired someone in, like, their 40s or 50s to play McGonagall. Yeah. Totally. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. There's not any canonical evidence that she looks like she's in her 80s. Um, Yeah. So she doesn't have to be everyone. That's all, that is all. One of my notes about her is that she, when she's telling the students to smarten up because they're going to get sorted in front of the whole school, the two students that she clocks as being sloppy are Ron and Neville and no one else. And then she gets both of them in her house. And I wrote, <laughs> poor dear, in my book. <laughs> I mean, I just feel so sad for her. I feel like after having both Fred and George in her house, uh, and not to mention in all four of the Marauders, I feel like really after that, she's just like, I don't give a fuck. I survived all these other jokers. That's true. So, and that's why uh, also she's great, because h- how? Just how? <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't seem like there's a lot of, you know, her and Dumbledore-esque people in Gryffindor. It kind of makes you wonder what, you know, they're like the ones that we are like, oh, yeah, Gryffindor is great because they were Gryffindors. But sort of Gryffindor seems like it just has a bunch of like loud, messy, (laughs) just just not award winning prize students. There's just Percy, (laughs) Percy and Hermione. I mean, we also have um, tender plant nerd Neville. So that's true. But, you know, he also is breaking everything toad losing neville so. this is true 
I am so glad. Can I just say I know it's not going to happen until a later section, but I have had to edit out really, really long sections of us talking about Neville from the last three episodes. And we finally get to say all of the things and have them be left in the podcast. And I just can't wait to have that happen. Yeah, I love Neville. I feel like as I get older, I'm just like, oh, nah, man, Neville is like the shit. He's such a great character. He really is. I think he kind of has the best character arc of anybody in the books. Yeah, he definitely has. He has an excellent character arc. Yeah, I feel like out of all of the characters who like end up living happily ever after, I feel like Neville definitely earned the shit out of that. Goddamn, Neville should just be like, would do whatever the hell he wants to after Hogwarts, and whatever the fuck makes him happy, I'm here for that. Yeah, well, he becomes, he takes Professor Sprout's job, so... Sorry, I don't. I just spoiled part of Cursed Child for you. <laughs> My bad. I think. Oh no, it's it's in the epilogue of this book. Yeah, I mean, also obviously, like, what the fuck else yeah. is Neville gonna do? Um, I hope he has. I don't know, like, get married and have a family. Like Hogwarts professors don't get to do that. That is true. Which or at least weird. like have a long term committed partnership. You know what I mean? Uh, have someone to love, and <laughs> not have to just be like alone at Hogwarts forever with plants. There are other plant jobs, I'm sure. Yeah. I want Neville to have like the sweetest, most tender husband and a plant shop in Diagon Alley that is just overflowing with abundant, wonderful plants where people go get their like weird you know sentient house plants oh my god yes yes neville neville needs all of the joy i'm here for this <laughs> uh back to the front page <laughs> yeah i know i'm like i can't wait to talk about neville later let's talk about neville now <laughs> listen this is this is very important as this is the chapter where we are introduced to part of neville's very sad backstory <laughs> Yeah, which is for politics, right? Yeah, I definitely... I have I have that under politics, yes. So I have, uh, I have one interrelated point and then one sort of, like, random thing. So, to my knowledge, this chapter is the only time we hear the very terrible Hogwarts, you know, like, Hogwarts song, like the school song. Yeah. It is very terrible. I also love that, like... In the text, it's, like, very clearly the moment where, like, everyone hates Dumbledore for being like, we're going to uh-huh. sing this. And they're like, for the for the love of God, Albus, no, we're not going to fucking do this. <laughs> and it's real bad. And I wish that there were more talented songwriters or what have you at the, in the, in the magical world to be like, we're going to make a much better... I really think that Dumbledore wrote this song. This was not the school song pre-Dumbledore being headmaster. (laughs) That makes so much sense. Because it, like, the song doesn't make any sense, but it makes sense for Dumbledore. That actually does make a lot of sense. Um, Speaking of him being ridiculous, should... Wait, hold on, I... Regarding the song, just further evidence of how much I would hate Fred and George is that they're singing so slow that they finish like a minute after everybody else and they keep fucking going. Like, fuck those guys. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah, it's like, I feel like all of Ron's sort of like weird, not like weird, but like his sort of nervous tics that come from living with 
Fred and George are like, it's actually miraculous there's less of them, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean. I agree. Yeah. Okay, sorry. What were you going to say about Dumbledore? Oh, yeah. So this is also the chapter we get his, he says a few words and they're just random words. Um, <laughs> Should those be our outro? <laughs> should that be our outro? Oh my God. That's what Evan said too. Or Sarah, someone was like, that should be what you do. Or we could just pick four random words to be our outro. Different words every week. In the spirit of Alma Stumberdorf. Yeah, that's a great idea. Okay. All right. We each have to think of two words before the end of the episode. Okay. One of mine is going to be Lloyd. Due process litigation. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh no, I'm crying. I can't even. <laughs> <sighs> Great. Well, we have our outro. We don't even have to think about it. <laughs> okay. That's the end of my that's the end of my uh, front page. My last one is just twice i think twice in this chapter at least once in this chapter and one in the next one harry very pointedly talks about quirrell's turban to which i say to you see yes you're correct it's my evidence (laughs) that's just what i wrote in my book my notes in my book are so silly (laughs) i like i have to decipher them when i transfer them onto my computer to talk to to talk to you about them it's like it's just things like me underlining something in writing see (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, see what? What am I talking about here? In your face, Jesse. <laughs> Sometimes it's in your face, like rolling because I something was inconsistent. I mean, yeah. And me being like, no, like it'll be one page I write no and with an exclamation mark, and then two pages later I write C as evidence to the no. But it's like, <laughs> wait, what am I talking about? <laughs> okay, awesome. chapter two, front page. My first one just says, is Flitwick part pixie or dot 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 question mark? Yeah, it's like never explained, but I feel like I've always read it as he had some kind of magical creature in his background. Because especially in book five, when Umbridge sort of questions him about it. I just I know that in the movies they insinuated by via casting that he's part goblin. I just don't see goblins like be, de- like belittling themselves to mix with. Yeah, yeah, and especially since there are like a fuck ton of goblin wars, it seems like very unlikely. I guess I don't know, but I feel like Pixie or something else makes more sense. Part of what makes me think Pixie is that he's like constantly being like flung across the room and stuff like that um he just he seems to have a different relationship with like gravity that seems irrelevant to the size of him yeah you know my dogs only weigh 60 pounds but they don't just like go flying (laughs) all the time you know yeah maybe he has very light bones yeah yeah, it's curious. I wonder if there's I wonder if there's the same kind of judgment towards folks who are part 
whatever he is part as there is towards like Hagrid because I feel like it would just be mentioned if it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. I mean, considering that I feel like maybe the only other characters that we get where it, I mean, I feel like in general, whenever we meet a character who is like part human, part other magical ex, whatever you want to call like, I don't like other magical being. It is often sort of mentioned like sort of with derision. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember about Floor, but I feel like Ollivander makes like it's about the fact that her wand has Vila hair in it, but it kind of comes across like it's a bigger judgment than that. He's like, I've never used Vila hair myself. It's like too volatile, and it kind of seems like a dig at her ancestry in addition to her wand. Yeah. No, that's fair. So, I mean, even... So, like, even if, like, whatever other magical being, like, Flitwick has, like, in his family tree, it would behoove him to not talk about it, you know? Even if it's, like, a thing people might suspect, but, like, he could just have plausible deniability about it. And that's probably... That's Mm -hmm. what it seems like a lot of characters, if they can, you know try to just play it off as this, like, oh, I'm just a very large human or a very small human and not, like, I am a human plus magical being. Right. Um, I do want to just kind of mention that I don't understand why the prefix don't help the first years, like, figure out what the fuck's going on. It seems like Harry spends, like, four days trying to figure out how to get around the castle. And it's just... I have a lot to say about that in the education section. I have a a lot in the education (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be really long. Um, Yeah. Also, I mean, we mentioned this before, but like just the sort of accessibility nightmare that is Hogwarts, which I guess was in the politics section, but like so many fucking stairs, even if you're like totally able bodied you're going to be so fucking tired. You're 11 and you're just hiking up a fuck ton of stairs every day. How is everyone not constantly late for class? I mean, I feel like I do feel they must have a really long break between classes I would hope so. but i feel like it's really good that they have to climb so many stairs given that there is no like recreation time or like pe or like anything that isn't just sitting in class or like studying which we don't want them all like getting blood clots <laughs> so there i think there is at least some payoff for that but if you have anything that any like limitations, what do you even do? Yeah. I mean, I must imagine that for someone say like Flickwick, all those stairs fucking suck. Cause like, even if we want to believe JKR's shitty explanation that like there aren't people who are in wheelchairs at Hogwarts, that like even people like are like mad at who had like a, a like, you know, peg leg. I was going to say, I was trying to. Like he had like yeah, he had like an artificial like a like a prosthetic leg and I'm like that had to be the it, worst. It is literally like a pirate peg leg though. It's like made of wood and has like a carved clawed end to it like a old school bureau. Which I actually oh, I actually always kind of like that, even though it seems v- Oh it's so it's rad. so cool but like so wildly impractical. <laughs> yeah, and like y'all are fucking wizards, what do you do? Yeah. It's like but yeah, the all these stairs fucking suck. Um, my last two notes 
One is Hagrid leaves that paper out on purpose for sure. <laughs> he fucking invited Harry over. It's not like Harry just popped in. He was like, come to my house at three. And then he cut it <laughs> out of the newspaper and put it on the table. I, why did he want Harry to know? I don't know. <laughs> There's no way that was a mistake. Speaking of Hagrid and his and his home, I just have that his hut is like a Midwest lesbian dream cabin, a.k.a. my yeah. dream cabin. It's like, like, what, literally, what more do you want? <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, that's your post-apocalypse game plan. Cabin. It really is. He has a, he has some pheasants. He has a homemade quilt on his bed. He has some baked goods that aren't good, but I would have I would have good yeah. baked goods. But yeah, <laughs> he's a, yeah. a beautiful large dog. It's like great. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of his baked goods, my last note is about rock cakes because I looked them up and they're a real thing. Uh, they're basically oatmeal raisin cookies, though they don't always have oatmeal in them. They sometimes do and sometimes don't. They got really popular during the war because you can make them be almost as good, but with like less eggs and less sugar, which were hard to come by. And they're called rock cakes because the way... Are they... They're not yeasted, but for some reason, the way that they bake, they get really, like, knobbly on the surface and they look like rocks. So they're way more like a cookie than a scone, but they're sort of bridging the gap in the same way that an oatmeal raisin cookie is, where they're, like, less sweet and they have fruit in them. Dried fruit. I'm really glad you told me that because it didn't occur to me to look up what that was. I was just like, oh, this is just one of those things JKR made up because they're very hard. But okay. Yeah. Well, so the reason that I looked it up was because Harry just says Hagrid served them tea and rock cakes. And Hagrid doesn't say, like, these are rock cakes. And I was like, oh, that means Harry already knows what that is. So I should see what that is. And then she just sort of, like, rolled with the name and was like, wouldn't it be funny if Hagrid is always serving people rock cakes that are hard like rocks? Decent joke. It's a good um, joke. Now I'm inspired to, in fact, try to make some rock cakes. I just, I, I, I made oh, a note should. to myself because I do like, I do like a oatmeal cookie. They don't have any dairy in them. That's that's even better. I do like an oatmeal cookie that has like dried fruit and nuts in it, except for raisins because I think oh, raisins yeah. are gross. Hard to so. agree on all. <laughs> all right, so that's I'm gonna I'll report back to you if I make them before <laughs> the next if I make them the next time, but the next time we record. Okay, you have to text me pictures, and then we can put the pictures also on our socials. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have one more front page thing, which okay. is that um, Quirrell's turban is described as smelling weird. Um, is it like his brain mm -hmm. is rotting? Does like Voldemort smell weird? It's I'm like I have a lot of questions about why that is happening. Like, I mean, does he just have really bad breath? Because there's a, a literal other head on the back of his skull? Like, what is going on? <laughs> the face that you are making. I really is... wish that my repulsed face <laughs> transferred to audio. Oh my God, you, you I don't want to so think horrified. about it. I don't want to think about I'm it. I'm just like reading it and I'm like, that's really gross. That's so fucking gross. 
Why? I, know. I feel like I hovered over it with my pen and then was like, I can't. I don't want to think about it. Um. Oh, I mean, maybe it's because. God okay. Voldemort's in there. He's he's breathing. Right. Breath is wet. I, how is he breathing? But he has to be breathing. And so he's just like breathing into this fabric Gross. all day. And it's probably just building up bacteria. I am. I don't <laughs> want to be talking about it. All right. This. Okay. I'm we're so upset we're, right we're gonna move on. I'm sorry that I brought this up. Also, no, also the entire okay. classroom smells like garlic, which does seem very pleasant. <laughs> yeah. I'm just making you hungry. You're just like sitting there and just like, oh man, I'm gonna need some garlic bread after this class. Thanks. Right. <laughs> Welcome to editorials slash op-eds slash whatever you want to call it which is where we rant about stuff maybe speaking of this roast chicken that i am <laughs> eating out of a tupperware it looks, it look, can it we talk great. about their fucking dinner yeah we can talk about the dinner i i did i did actually highlight that because i knew that you wanted to talk about it you highlighted it for me i mean i highlighted it because i was Thinking about making a comment about it, and then I figured you were going to bring it up anyway, and I just kept it highlighted. I mean, you can talk about it first. This is not a, I mean, it's not a great meal. I mean, it's an okay meal, but, like, if you're a vegetarian, you are so boned. Like, if you, for instance, want to, like, not have scurvy, (laughs) not the best meal. (laughs) I don't know if part of it is that this meal is shitty, or if, like, Harry is only focused on the things that he likes. Right. So that's what Evan said, too. That's what I thought at first. But here's the thing. He says so many things he liked to eat, and then he lists all this stuff. However, it says, for some strange reason, peppermint humbugs. And then he takes some of everything but the peppermint humbugs. And the fact that there is something there that he doesn't want to eat makes me think that this is a list of everything that's on the table. Oh, no. What are your thoughts on that? <sighs> it makes me sad, <laughs> if that is true. Yeah. Um, when I first read these books, I was a vegetarian, and I feel like I was kind of just Same. like, I could not have eaten much of this. But I also, as a child, would have been like, all right, cool, I'm going to eat dessert and potatoes. That sounds rad. <laughs> right. Uh, which is not great, but that is totally what i would have eaten and you know also going to school as a vegetarian it's like all right here is some potatoes and maybe some sad carrots and it's like cool yeah i just drew little faces as my notes <laughs> for this section i have like a bracket around the whole meal with like a smile it's not a, a, a little face that the sad face is so sad that it almost like becomes a circle <laughs> Like, the sad almost reaches itself. Uh, And then also I just have the word ketchup underlined with, like, a horrified squiggle mouth because I think that ketchup is disgusting. And the fact that it's listed as its own food group here makes me just so, so, so sad. I hate ketchup with a passion. There are three vegetables in this entire list of things. And I know that... There is, in fact, one vegetable. But wait... Potatoes and peas and carrots. I guess potatoes are a vegetable. Potatoes are like a starch. Peas are a legume. I'm counting carrots <laughs> as a vegetable. <laughs> Only carrots. Oh, and I feel like there are potatoes three ways. There sure are. One, two, 
three, four, five, six, seven kinds of meat. Um, yeah. So I'm just like, there's not, there's not any vegetable. There's just like not enough nutrition here. Like you can't only feed, I mean, up to a point in development, you can in fact feed children nothing but like chicken nuggets and fries, right? If that's all your toddler will eat, go ahead, feed your toddler chicken nuggets and fries. But like you hit a point where your kid and slash every human actually needs like a diverse uh, palette of foods with different vitamins and minerals that cannot all be obtained <laughs> from seven kinds of meat and three kinds of <laughs> potatoes. I think my favorite is in like, it's like, it, I think it's in like book four when it's like, oh, they had a variety of things for the other champions and it's like bouillabaisse and it's like, it's a fish soup. And then that's great, but I'm like, is this the only time you guys are eating, like, fish or, like, soup? It's, like, very confusing. It sounds great, but I'm like, this is four years into your education. I know. How the fuck else are you getting your, like, omega-3 fatty acid or whatever? Also, fish is delicious. Also, they're on a fucking lake. Can they just fish out of the lake? Dude, they put their poop in that lake. I hope they don't fish. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Uh, I lied about the scurvy. Potatoes are, in fact, an excellent source of vitamin C. <laughs> they get they get orange juice at breakfast. <laughs> they do. They have... That's the only thing they're an excellent source of. Vitamin C and potassium. Other than that, if that's your only source of, like, vegetable-contributed nutrients, you're kind of fucked. It's not good. This is not a balanced meal. <laughs> it sure, it surely is not. <sighs> also, they eat Jello, yeah, which was confusing just... to me. Like, is, I know they mean gelatin, but I'm like, is someone going to like whatever the UK version of like a Kroger is to like buy like boxes of Jello? <laughs> no, it's probably it's probably homemade Jello. Yeah, the, the, the fact that they say Jello and not like gelatin or whatever just makes me laugh because I'm just envisioning. Oh, it. but Harry would know it as Jello. He would though, know it right? as Jello. Yeah. So that's probably just his word. Also, Jello is gross. So I was like, ew. I like Jello. I do not like the consistency of Jello. I just it's I I have like a lot of like food texture issues as a kid that I've mostly grown out of. But like that's one of the remaining things is that I Jello is just too soft and like it's it's slimy. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do it. When I think about it, I also feel repulsed by Jello. But when I'm actually eating it, I think I get into the the kind of space where I'm just like, "This is like sick and fun. <laughs> like it's like so weird." Oh. I'm all about it. I mean, I do get excited whenever I make homemade stock and it is gelatinous. I'm like, "Yeah, it's good. that's the good shit." And I just shake it, and it like yeah. jiggles, and I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure." That is how your stock should look like. Everyone, it should be gelatinous. Mm -hmm. And to my vegetarians, I'm sorry that meat stock is still just better. <laughs> so much tastier. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, now we're going to have all the angry vegans and vegetarians. That's fine. Come at me, bro. <laughs> anyway, back to, <laughs> back to our editorial. You talk, I need to eat chicken. Um, Do you think that the sorting hat was arguing with Neville about where to go? Because I feel like... It totally was. So I feel like it took a long time for Neville to be sorted. It did. It took a long time for kind of almost all of the Gryffindors, didn't it? I think so. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure there was a strong desire to put poor, poor Neville in Hufflepuff. If for no other reason, because they would have been nicer. They would have been so much nicer. I feel like, and then he would have had Sprout as his head of house. And it's like, even though, you know, I hope that McGonagall was giving him some support on the sideline that like no one saw. She's kind of mean to him. I don't know. I don't ever see her like being patient and tender with him when he's bad at things. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, we don't see anyone do that to him, which is very sad. Except for fucking fake Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah. That is the only person who is ever patient and tender with Neville Longbottom. And that person that was patient and tender with him is the person that made him a fucking orphan being raised by his evil grandmother. Yeah. Which, how fucked up is that? Man, yeah, I feel like you would need so much therapy to get through that. Uh, Seamus mentions that his mom didn't tell his dad that she was a witch until after they got married. I don't know if this is a thing that is just her being really shitty to her future husband or a, like, weird secrecy, like, Ministry of Magic thing. Because it seems like that's a really important thing to tell someone before you get married. Is that a part of this secret society of people who can use fucking magic? Yeah. I actually had that in politics because I was that upset about it. Like, that is... It is very upsetting. So fucked up. I mean, I if, if that was my partner, we would have gotten an annulment, like, the next day. Because... Fuck that. What a giant breach of trust. Like, if you're keeping that from me, what the fuck else are you keeping from me? That is so not okay. I mean, not only that, but it's like, it would be like everything you told that person was a lie. Because it's like, oh, yeah, my parents work in a bookstore and I grew up in like wherever. And it's like, oh, JK, my parents work in a magical fucking bookstore. And like, I really work for the Ministry of Magic or whatever the fuck. And it's like, and so I can't tell what is worse is if you just did that anyway or if you did that because your government is like you can't just fucking tell everyone you're fucking dating that you're a witch you know that i mean i i know they have witch nsa but i don't think no i lied i do think that they're following everyone i mean how if if you're, like, dating, if you're just, like, casually dating people and you're like, oh, we've been together for a while, it's like, oh, by the way, <laughs> like, when do you tell that person that you're, like, a witch? And, like, at what point, and, like, what if you break up? It's like, are they gonna, is the ministry gonna come, like, wipe the person's memory of you? Like, it's just very, there's a very, like, weird ethical gray area that, like, seems to be just kind of, like... I mean, I think that you could probably wipe their memory... When and if y'all broke up, or you could just leave it, maybe. But I think you would know the point in the relationship where it was like, okay, it's important for me to tell you this. It's like when y'all start disclosing things where it's like, you know, if we're going to be this serious, you should probably know this thing about me that happens in all relationships, right? Yeah, no, that is, that is so fucked. And the fact that Seamus at 11 knows that it was a quote unquote nasty shock for his dad means that it's like talked about like his home life is probably not not the best and he never talks about his dad ever again he only talks about his mom you're right um yeah I feel like yeah I feel like that cannot have been a great 
environment. Yeah, and like, yeah, like he says it too casually. I'm just like, that is some fucking deep seated trauma you're fucking just carrying around with you because that is fucked up. Mm hmm. I was so upset about it that all I did was underline it and write, dude. <laughs> that is that is an accurate response because it's just like, what? <laughs> like, why? It's like, what? Oh, it's such God. a huge thing to not tell someone you're fucking married to. Like, what? Yeah, don't do not do that. And just the kind of like, oh, Jesus, that is just not great. It's so not great. Um, anyway. Yeah, so speaking of uh, witch NSA, there's nothing hidden in your head the sorting hat can't see. I don't like it. <laughs> the amount of invasion of privacy in this fucking society is just mind-boggling. I I get that the hat is, like, useful, but it should not actually be able to just, like, rifle through your fucking mind. It's, like, really fucking disturbing. And it seems like, I mean, God, a lot of these kids are probably coming from decently traumatic backgrounds. Like, a lot of people have, like, really rough childhoods. And the Sorting Hat sees all of that, and it seems to be a sentient being. It has to, like, live with that. Yeah. And it's like, it's seen some shit, you know? Also, like, what a, pow- like, terrible, powerful, magical object to, ex- to like, have exist. Why do you fucking need Verita Serum at all? Just, like, make a Sorting Hat. <laughs> the fact that the Sorting Hat is so old, and it's still, like, a thing after, like, however the fuck old Hogwarts is a thousand years or whatever the fuck... Like, maybe they just can't recreate it. Because it's still going strong a thousand years later. It might be on par with, like, the Deathly Hollows. It's that old, and the magic hasn't faded or whatever the fuck happens. And they're still using it to, like, store all these people. just use this, right, as a, as a jumping-off point for the fact that the sorting system, the house system, is a thousand years old. That's too long to use one thing. It sure is. Right? It sure is. Especially a broken thing. It's not a good system. You have had 1,000 years to fix it. Yeah. Uh, I just can't believe that it's lasted that fucking long. It's so banana pants. Oh, it's so awful. Yeah, I feel like that... I feel like I've always been disappointed that the end of the books, the end of the series isn't like, and then we abolish the fucking sorting system because what fucking garbage was that? And I'm like, you guys, it's, oh, it's so infuriating, man. Do you think we'll ever have an angrier episode than the one on the epilogue? No, (laughs) we will not. We surely will not. (laughs) Going out with a goddamn bang. It's just going to (laughs) be two hours of just me screaming about how much I hate the epilogue so much. Just so, just like flames in the side of my face anger. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I've read hundreds of fan fictions that are better than the epilogue girl just you could just end it at where it was and be cool you could have been cool uh off topic i feel the same way about the epilogue of the hunger, the hunger games, games which sort of had a very it's it's not good. yeah it's it's just it's just it is maybe not as rage infuriating because i read the books in like a two-year period versus a like 10-year period so but i'm still kind of like really really all re- re- that's okay this is what we're going with this is upsetting, but okay. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I, it made me pretty. This is really mad. bad. It's real bad. 
And as a probably forever child free adult, just my anger at being like, she spent three books being like, I don't want to fucking have kids. And I'm like, I have two kids. And I'm like, but you like, okay, I get it. You went through a lot of trauma. You deserve your happy so ending. Bad. But like, for fuck's sake, couldn't you have been? That's could- not, that's not her happy ending. We need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and then we digress into our like hatred of the end of the case. Uh, hashtag <laughs> Patreon content. All right. Um, let's go back. Yeah, okay, Snape. My notes on Snape start with his name with, like, a lot of vowels. Snape, <laughs> with an, a sad, a sad face, uh, a sad emoticon, with, uh, like, ten of the, like, parentheses, <laughs> the sad parentheses. Just forever. This fucking guy. You go ahead. You like him. Tell me what you like. What's he doing? I think I think we should start off on the common ground about how Severus Snape should literally have never been a teacher and should never be around children. Literally never. He is obviously good at potions and interested in potions, but should literally not be teaching it to children. Dumbledore, you fucked up. And it's like, oh, you know, whatever his ex, whatever Dumbledore's rationale for this was, it was still the wrong decision because you had however the fuck many generations of kids fucking having this fucking awful, awful teacher, dude, terrible choice. And that is like so much on Dumbledore. Dumbledore just uses Hogwarts as his like, I don't know what word to use. Like it's where he collects his like people that he needs to like protect or keep an eye on and he does that by giving them fucking teaching positions that they are not qualified to have you can't do that dumbledore's like let's be real it's really his armory where he like keeps people that he's like you're gonna be i'm gonna need you in however many time and place and no matter if this is good for you or the students which it never is aka trelawney aka snape like you're you're still gonna fucking be here and it's like it's not how you run a school. Where's the school board to be like, Severus Snape should not be teaching my children. There's like a generation of children who like... The school board is hanging out with the <laughs> But there is a school board. Malfoy is on the school board. Or the school... No, the board of governors. Sorry, whatever the fuck that... Whatever the fuck yeah. that is. But people who should be keeping an eye out for these fucking kids. Yeah, but like Malfoy is on it and is important on it. And he's like BFFs with Snape and clearly wants Snape like on That's the true. inside to take care of his child yeah. and whatever. And like, yeah, I mean, fucking Malfoy like bullies the governors into firing Hagrid or whatever. You know, firing Dumbledore. Both? Yeah. He does bad stuff with his I mean, power. Yeah. I mean, that is... It's just a hot mess. Like, that is... It's so inappropriate. Snape is such a bad teacher yeah i totally agree with you he's he is really bad and not only is he a teacher but he's the head of his house it's such a problem see i wonder about that because i'm also like who the fuck is there to take that job if a lot of people who would maybe in the age range to take it are like maybe in jail and then you have like slughorn to take the head of house the slytherin head of house because you have to you know be a slytherin to have taken that position and be also be able to teach something at hogwarts so 
there should have been other people. Maybe there's a there seems to be a very small pool of people in adult wizarding Britain. It's still not a good choice to have made at all. I mean, if you don't have any former Slytherins on staff, you can still just assign a different teacher to be head of Slytherin yeah. House. His teaching style, he's whispering <laughs> everything. Like, what are you doing? He is such a drama queen. Yeah, he, yeah, that is definitely like, you know, I, like, and this just his whole like, intro speech that is just very, just like, look at all the cool shit I can do. And I'm just like, okay, get, cool, we get it. You're real smart, but you're talking to literal children who, like, don't give Calling a fuck. Calling them fucking dunderheads? What is he? Oh, he's such a monster. Yeah, he calls Neville an idiot for melting his con- for his melting his cauldron the first day. It's like, dude, what the fuck did Neville ever do to you? N- literally nothing. Right. Uh, and then Harry, when he reads Harry's name on the roll, he says, our new celebrity. Yeah. Like, he just immediately comes out the gate like, I fucking hate you. Everything about the way that he interacts with Harry is... It's real bad. It's literally bad. <sighs> you can't do that. Should literally never be around children. No. Yeah, and also someone who needs a shit ton of therapy. So many issues that it's like, dude, you have just never gotten past the, like, angry teen boy phase of your life. Ever. And you're like a literal adult teaching children. Yep. Yep. He's still one of my favorite characters in this book. <laughs> no, in this book or in the whole series? In the, uh, not in this book, in the whole series. Um, no, I, Jesse. I. Okay, but like in a. In I, a like, I find. You like him as a character or like you like him? Oh, I mean, I like him as a character. I find his character arc really compelling. And I feel like... there's It's not an arc. It's a straight line. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. And I think... And I've been trying to... And I've been, I've been thinking about this just because it literally doesn't make any sense. But I think part of this is that, like, when I was younger and, like, reading these books, I was, like, very fascinated by the fact that he's, like, such an asshole, but is still objectively doing some, like doing the right thing by protecting Harry. And it's like, you're such a dick, but you're still doing this thing that is the right thing to do. And I think like part of it is that when I was a like angsty, shitty dirtbag teen, I had an issue of being too nice. And there was a part of me just like, I just want to be a fucking asshole. And so I think there's still a part of me that's very interested in like fucked up villainy anti-hero characters and i think that snape is still like a character like that that is sort of a character that i spent a long time being very fascinated by and it's i think hard for me to kind of shake that i mean it's interesting because there's a lot of black and white characters in these series and like he is probably one of the more dark gray characters i would say because he still does a lot of fucked up shit are there i mean i feel like like Voldemort evil straight up a lot of the slytherins a lot of the death eaters yeah. i mean you have characters like draco that are more like you start off much more like characteristic you know two-dimensional like bigoted character and becomes more complex and it's really interesting to see that happen i guess what i meant when i said that snape doesn't have a character arc he has a straight line is that a character arc by definition involves growth and character development 
And Snape has neither over the course of these books. He ends in the same place that he began, which is completely inappropriately hating Harry for something that has nothing to do with who Harry actually is and doing the right thing, as you say, for the most selfish, irredeemable fucking reason. It's not an arc. It's like a surprise twist on his stasis when we find out. I guess it's out. more of a reveal, I guess, then. You're right. But Yeah. Because he doesn't grow. I feel like it's less about defending Snape and more about my own sort of fascination and obsession with characters that are fucked up. I just think that there's, like, a difference between, like, the anti-hero who is, you know, sort of, like, the unexpected hero who's, like, complicated and whatever. <sighs> like... Quentin in The Magicians, right? Who, like, is a piss baby. <laughs> but, you know, does the right thing and does it usually for the right reasons. Like, he's an antihero. Snape, his motivation matters and it is real It's bad. not great. I don't have any space for Snape at all. <laughs> and that's, that's totally fair. And I understand it's not going to, I think, change my feelings about it because we will <laughs> agree to continue <laughs> disagreeing in future episodes. Yes. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> politics. Welcome to the politics section. Oh, fuck. You know, I have a note in politics that I was going to like do more research on and then... Totally didn't do the research that I meant to do. What was it? Um, mostly about, I was going to give us a brief rundown about the sordid fandom history of Blaise Zabini, the, like, only other Slytherin who gets sorted who we don't know anything about until book six, in which no one knew anything about this character until book six. And so there were a lot of fandom conceptions of them. Mostly being white, either a female character or a male character, but definitely white. And then when it was revealed in book six that Blaise Zabini is black, uh, Harry Potter fans freaked out, and there was a lot of really fucked up racist shit that was thrown around. I like I to do a thing later about this, so yeah. But yeah, he's he's the last character to be sorted. There is a lot of a lot of internet chatter about you know race and fan perceptions and the fucked up assumption that everyone is white. And when you read a book, which right. <laughs> to tie it back to the Hunger Games, which is clearly coming from this episode, even though right. Rue is actually clearly described as a black person, people were very upset when she was casted as a black girl in the movie, even though it explicitly says it in the text. But white people don't want to envision anyone, but everyone being white, which is dumb. It's um, so silly at like that, where it's like explicit, and then Katniss. And Gale and everyone in their section, sector, quadrant, district, district. <laughs> I am a thesaurus. Oh my god, that should this should be our outro. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh. Uh, anyway, they are described also as having darker skin. But of course, the people casting the movie were like, White. our heroes can't possibly all be people of color. 
whatever. Which is fucked up because there are there is actually a very clear history of there being like multi ethnic people in Appalachia, which is clearly where District Twelve is. And so yeah, to cast everyone, the main characters as white when it's like they're clearly mixed race right. is such. It's a travesty. It is very much a travesty yeah. in my That's eyes. Real bad. Um. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um. Speaking of other black people, Dean Thomas, who is sorted as the first black person described by their skin tone. Yep. Even though Lee and Hermione are both black. Come at me. Can I just say something that I thought about when I was editing the episode where we talk about um, assuming race by hair description? What something that I thought about was like. God bless J.K. Rowling for completely just writing out of the realm of possibilities the idea that white dreads could exist. <laughs> it's like, great work. Great work. <laughs> I didn't need, that didn't even occur. <laughs> you are so correct. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> we talked about, about this a little bit already, but... Speaking of shitty childhoods, Neville, Neville's extended family, why are they so shitty to him? I don't understand. It's fucking awful. It's, it's like, so thrown off of a pier, drop off of a pier, th- like, drop out of a window. Th- he almost pier. drowned. What the fuck? Like, what the hell? Well, you know, if, if he floated, he was a witch, so clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> LOL sob. Uh, yeah. Also, his uncle should have gotten him more than a fucking toad for dropping him out of a goddamn... Right. Just, Get him a fucking owl. Uh, Get him a cat. Jesus fuck. His grandmother cried of happiness. Not because Neville wasn't dead <laughs> after being dropped out of a fucking window, but because he was a witch. Like, no. And like... I am not a childhood development expert by any means. I don't have children. I know nothing about this. But I feel like maybe having your parents tortured into a canatonic state as a baby maybe would affect your ability to do magic because that's how you grew up in this, like, terrible, what I'm imagining, like, ghost house haunted by the par- your parents that aren't even dead and, like, this grandmother who's just like, you have to be so great and it's like... This is fucking too much. I'm literally a child. Right. I mean, because we definitely see that the more confidence Neville gets, the better he gets at magic. When Harry is, like, kind and supportive to him, when they're in the DA, Neville gets good at magic. I think that the only reason he wasn't showing it, like, I think we're fucking lucky that he didn't become... Oh my god, why can I not remember the word? Obscura? An obscura. Yes. Because, I mean, God, he grew up, like, once a year going to visit his, like, tortured fucking parents. He was probably terrified of magic. Yeah. Oh, his family are just so horrendous. Yeah. Basically, that whole scene is... My mom has mental health issues, and I've definitely visited her in the hospital, like, on, like, you know, psych wards when she's been not well. And I feel like that scene feels very similar to that and i just feel like my heart just aches for neville like when whenever i read that chapter because i'm just like oh my god neville 
Mm-hmm. Oh my god. You need like the biggest hug and like a basket of kittens and like a fucking whole pie or something. Like, dude. Yep. <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah. Also, he's using his father's wand for like so many books. And I'm like, that also is not great. Like, buy him a fucking new wand. Jesus Christ. His relationship with that wand. Oh, yeah. Everything that we learn about wand lore in book seven, like if every time he uses his wand, what he's thinking about is the fact that like this is the wand that his dad was fighting with before he was like tortured into insanity. How is Neville supposed to do good magic with that fucking wand? Yeah, he's like he's he's like basically set up for failure until the middle of the series. And it's very upsetting. It's so upsetting. I hate it so much. And the fact that he's still a gentle plant nerd is like a miracle. (laughs) feel like i know it's like it's literally miraculous that he is still like kind and gentle and caring and compassionate and like courageous and all the c words that are good like person i know and then this just that just made me think about like if he had been placed in hufflepuff i feel like professor sprout is the only teacher at hogwarts who probably would be like sometimes i'm gonna give my students hugs and like it's not gonna be creepy or wrong and she would fucking give neville hugs And he would need them so badly. Like, he would have been so much better off with Professor Sprout as his head of house. I And I hate that this is, like, played for laughs. Like, he's kind of... I think he's kind of supposed to... This is kind of supposed to be funny. I mean... Yes. In the sort of, like, Roald Dahl, like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, LOL, Child Abuse is funny kind of way. And it's like, no. This is legitimately horrifying. And, like... It's like Neville is never hurt anyone. It's like why? <laughs> like I know. Let let Neville live, goddammit. Yeah, he yeah. speaking of CPS, like he really should have been removed from that fucking house and placed with a foster family. He would have been better off. I know that like yeah. generally keeping kids with their blood relatives seems to like turn out better, but he was not he was he was not in okay circumstances. I mean I'm just imagining, like, Neville's home life being, like, some terrible Victorian period novel where, like, all of his parents' things are still, like, in a room that's never been touched and they're just fucking dusty, draped over shit. And, like, Neville is just kind of, like, living in these in this shadow with, with these ghosts of people who are still alive and just, like, what a shitty, depressing terrible like upbringing he must have had on top of his family being like hope to god you're not a fucking squib show some goddamn magic holy god right you know what also is interesting is like what if what if there was mental health care in the wizarding world witching world do you think that his parents might have had a better chance of recovery was anyone even trying and i don't know because it's very confusing it's not really very clearly explained about, like, the... Fuck. The Cruciatus curse? Is it, like, literal physical brain damage? Is it just, like, some kind of, like, fucked up, just so much extreme pain for so long, like, your brain just is, like, checks out? Like, it's very confusing, like, what kind of spell damage it is. Right. But their bodies seem to be fully functional. So it seems like if it was, like, physical brain damage, there would also be permanent bodily damage. I mean, this is true, but it also is shown in the Wizarding World that they're very good at treating physical ailments and very bad at treating anything related to mental health care. But if it was physical brain brain damage, wouldn't they be able to fix that the same way they could fix, I don't know, like a broken 
arm or whatever else. I don't know. I don't anyway, know. all right, we'll revisit this whenever we meet them. Yeah, Neville's family, real bummers. Um, <laughs> super quick uh, note that is, I think, something we don't even need to like really dig into, but just something that I noticed is uh, Seamus asks nearly headless Nick how the bloody Baron got covered in blood. And Nick says, I've never asked. And I wrote 10 out of 10 next to that because <laughs> great fucking work. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's kind of, it made me think of, you know, like people asking super invasive questions about like trans folks genitalia, for instance. And I just feel like that's a really, really effective shutting down of a conversation like that, where someone is asking like an invasive and inappropriate question. I've never asked. Can't follow that with anything. You really can't. So good job, Nick. I feel like nearly, nearly headless, nearly headless Nick is a pretty great character. He, yeah, he has a lot of like really solid. He's a good role model. There's not a lot of good role models at Hogwarts. Nearly Headless Nick is a really good role model. Um, do you think Nearly Headless Nick is queer? Totally. I feel like it didn't occur to me until this read-through, and I'm like, you do some gay-ass shit, and they decide to behead you, weren't you? They probably, actually, I think they do mention, do they mention why he was on what, like, why they were trying to behead him? No. I don't remember. No, but, but given, like, how how lovely he is, I think that it's, like, a pretty solid assumption that he was not being beheaded for any sort of actual wrongdoing. That's true. He is very... He's a very kind and gentle soul. <laughs> Just the soul. Um... Yeah, no, Nearly Headless Nick is pretty great. And it is a little sad that he can't get anyone to call him by his actual name. Welcome to Corrections. We talk about things that are inconsistent throughout the books. The first one is just that, like, Ron doesn't know how the sorting hat works. Like, again, Ron... Yes, you do. Of course he knows how the sorting hat works. He's like, Fred and George said that we had to wrestle a troll. It's like a test. Like, Fred and George are the fourth and fifth of your siblings to go to this school. Also, your parents went to the school. Even if they are telling you that, why didn't you just, like, go ask your mom? Or Percy... Wouldn't you know? it be common knowledge in the Wizarding World that that's how you could sort it is via a literal singing and talking hat? Totally. Like, that should just, there should, right. That, just, that doesn't make any sense. You are correct. Um, and then the other one is Hermione not knowing how it works when she's read Hogwarts A History. She like doesn't know how the sorting hat works, but she knows that the ceiling is enchanted to look like the sky outside because she's read Hogwarts A History. That's nonsense. She, of course, knows how the sorting hat works. She probably knows how the sorting hat works better than anybody (laughs) knows how the sorting hat works. Um, And my last one is just Neville saying that his family thought he was, quote unquote, all muggle. But Neville is a pureblood. So that just doesn't even make any fucking sense. I mean, it might make sense in the fact that he maybe doesn't want to say squib. That, That is weird. But like, since he's talking to people who like don't know what the fuck a squib is. It is a weird choice. It just is like really weirdly 
uh, phrase because I think he says my gran raised me and she's a witch, but my family thought I was all muggle for ages. Don't worry, I'm not reading. I just said that out of my head. How right was I? I mean, maybe maybe Alice is uh, was muggle-born. We actually don't know really shit about... Oh, no, we parents. do because... Can I just tell you how right I was? Well, my grand brought me up and she's a witch, but the family thought I was all muggle for ages. I got one word wrong. That is very impressive. <laughs> um, because when Dumbledore is telling Harry that like it could have been Neville... That Voldemort went after, he says, and notice he cho- he didn't choose the pure blood, he chose the half-blood like himself. Mm. So. And also, note to my point that if either of your parents were... Like, Harry's parents are both witches, but he's still a half-blood. Because- yeah, I mean, the whole... The really thing about the whole pure blood, like, what makes that seems very confusing. That's real so. Yeah. Welcome to the classified section. Wanted inexpensive printer to print 400 glossy maps of the Hogwarts grounds for <laughs> incoming first year students. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all, for listening to The Gaily Prophet. Next week, remember to look for the perhaps mini episode, but realistically, we've been talking for three hours now, so it might just be another full-length episode <laughs> on the chapters we discussed today. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The Gaily Prophet. You should tell everyone you know about this podcast, and you should also rate and review us on iTunes. You can find us at patreon.com slash the gaily profit for more humorous content. Also, if you want bonus content where we complain about the Hunger Games. <laughs> yep. If you want more from me in between episodes, you can find me on the internet at larkmalachi.com. That's L A R K M A L A K A I.com. Hey, everyone. Future Lark here, just letting you know that up to this point, I have in my remasters of the episodes taken out the information about the work that I used to do in the outros, both because I no longer do that work and also because the work that I was doing has become very bizarrely politicized in the pandemic world that we now live in. So after this, it's not going to be removed. And I just want to like talk about it for a second so that no one gets wrong impressions of like me and who I am. Uh, So I used to work as a nutritionist and like sort of gender processing life coach for folks. And I know that saying, hey, I'm a white person who lives in Portland and is a nutritionist and life coach has a very certain implications that come with the idea of that. And I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. So I just want to say I am and have always been pro-vaccine, pro-science, a firm believer in evidence-based care. And please hear me talk about my work as we move forward with the knowledge that I am not one of uh, those people. (laughs) So really wish that I didn't have to give this qualifier, but I just really think that I do. So that's that. 
You can also find me at that spelling on Instagram. And if you would like to see photos of my cats or read about me retweeting funny political things on the internet, um, I'm on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. And I am on Instagram at live from Detroit. So come follow me there. Yeah, do it. Uh, our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester, who can be found on Instagram at Theo Julian Forrester. The music in our theme song by Kevin McLeod, and you can find those, the information about those in our show notes. Until next time, one of mine is going to be Lloyd. Due process litigation. <laughs> Yay! Did we do that in one take? Don't jinx us. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>